Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Geek Town Behind the Scenes podcast. I'm your host Dave Elliott and on this episode we have not one but two costume designers, Lou Eirich and Sarah Evelyn, who have both been nominated for Emmys for their stunning work on Ryan Murphy's Netflix drama Hollywood. From Murphy and collaborator Ian Brennan, the alt history series Hollywood follows a group of aspiring actors and filmmakers in post-World War II Hollywood trying to make it big no matter what the cost. Each character offers a unique glimpse behind the gilded curtain of Hollywood's golden age, spotlighting the unfair systems and biases across race, gender and sexuality that continues to this day. Provocative and incisive, Hollywood exposes and examines decades-old power dynamics and what the entertainment landscape might have looked like had it been dismantled. It has a great cast, including people like David Coronsweat, Laura Harrier, Darren Chris, Jeremy Pope, Jim Parsons, Dylan McDermott, Jake Picking, and a whole host of other fantastic names. If you're wondering why the show has two costume designers, this is something rather unique to Ryan Murphy. Having worked with Ryan for over 20 years, Lou works as something as a costume overlord, which is something she totally should have on her business card, managing the look and style over all of his shows from Hollywood Hollywood, to American Horror, to American Crime Story, to 911, and everything else in between. As Lou moves from project to project, she works with other incredibly talented costume designers, such as Sarah in the case of Hollywood, to oversee the individual shows. In the interview, Lou and Sarah discuss diving into the golden age of Hollywood. The duo chat about their painstaking research, not only into the 1940s glamour, but into the day-to-day clothes of the up-and-coming stars. They also discuss Ryan's influence over the costume choices on the drama and recreating the clothes of real world people and designing their very own Oscar ceremony. If you'd like to hear more behind the scenes interviews, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast by searching for Geek Town Radio. This will also give you our weekly Geek Town Radio podcast, which brings you all the latest TV, film and gaming news. You can also go to the website at geektown.co.uk for daily news stories on all the latest UK and US TV premiere dates. Here's the interview with Lou Eirich and Sarah Evelyn. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Monday.com. 
it's lovely to be able to have both of you on to, to chat with yeah. at the same time. Have you, yeah. uh, have you have you been talking? Are you working together at the moment? Have you been? I mean, I guess nobody's working right now, but <laughs> actually, we're both working on different projects at different studios. It's ah, true. I still wow. call Lou every day. We love to talk every like. day. <laughs> awesome. Had you worked together before you started on Hollywood? Um, I know you've both done American Horror, but I wasn't sure whether you'd done different bits of American Horror or whether you were on together at the same time. Well, the way that it works is Lou really kind of oversees all the shows. So right, yes. American Horror we did was our first time really working together in this capacity. And it was like a great collaboration. And I was so excited when she asked me back for, for Hollywood because I felt like we'd already developed a language and sort of knew how this world worked and had the opportunity to have a great collaboration. Yeah. Ryan Murphy's been keeping you very busy for a very long time. Because <laughs> yes. you, you you started on like Nip Tuck, which was yeah, um, one of his very early Actually ones, so. five years before that even. Oh, on, wow. On Ryan's very first show that he wrote and directed was called Popular. Oh, like, yes. Yes, of course. Yeah. Wow. That was the first one. Then we did several pilots together. Right. And then Nip Tuck and then um, Running With Scissors. Right. Okay. And then the big things like Glee and then Scream Queens, Feud, Crime Story, Pose. You've just done Ratchet as well. Yes. That I'm very much looking forward to. That's a fascinating idea. So you both end up working together on Hollywood. How was that to start to get involved with? Because it's a fascinating area and it's a really interesting idea because you could have just done a show that was based around, you know, the golden age of Hollywood. But of course, it's a Ryan Murphy show, so there has to be an angle to it because <laughs> everything he does is. And he goes in with this idea of, of kind of tweaking it as a sort of what if story. Um, how was it approaching that and where did you start? Lou, you start and okay. then I'll yes. add if there's Go anything on. to Sorry, add. I should say who <laughs> to talk. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll just talk and talk and talk. You know? <laughs> uh, so this is Lou saying, so with any Ryan show, we sit down with him and he does a big overwash of the show as far as tone and color, what references he, he wants us to look at. And then we meet with the production designer designer who has already usually have been working on the show for several weeks and go over all of their their tone boards and so that's where we sat with in the beginning and then Sarah and I um, started our own research and tone boards so that we could then sit down with Ryan and go over every single character. I chose Sarah as the co-designer because I come and go. So I needed somebody to yeah. really navigate. We have a shorthand. She doesn't need me there every minute, and I don't need to watch over every minute. So Sarah was able to run with it while I was finishing up Boys in the Band, actually. And then I jumped on for the prep part of it and the first episode, and then I had to leave, and Sarah pretty much ran the show with me just touching in. So so we did our research and then showed Ryan the boards, and then Sarah and I started bidding. Yeah. Clearly it was the right choice because you got Emma nominated for it. So. <laughs> Yeah. Aww, thank you. Um, in terms of the research, I mm -hmm. mean, you know, yeah, I guess, Lou, you were doing Ratchet anyway, which is sort of similar kind of historical piece, but then you're going into this. Sarah also helped us out on Ratchet. Um, ah, right. She helped me shop and get fabrics and stuff whenever she was available. So she could also relay the difference between Ratchet and Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, I think it, it is true. Like Lou, so obviously Lou's done a lot of period and a lot of 40s. And I did come to this project 
project, having had dipped in a little bit here and there, but obviously didn't have like the extensive knowledge that Lou had. And I also felt like we had conversations about how important it was to make this very different than Ratchet. And it was, in fact, I mean, Ratchet, I think, is small town Northern California or East Coast, not completely positive. And mm. and it was very much about the golden age of Hollywood, the Harrell world. And, and we looked very much to the images from the movies of that time. I mean, I think that, you know, in addition to all the research we usually did, we kind of like became awash in the movies of the 1940s, especially, you know, I would always look for any movie that related directly to Hollywood or working in Hollywood. So I would say that was like one really big jumping off point for the research that was specific to this project. It must be a bit tricky with some of the research there, because although obviously there were there were films and stuff around and there were lots of photos taken of the stars and that sort of thing, less so, I guess, of of just general life going mm-hmm. on in Hollywood at the time. So, and I guess there was quite a lot of black and white photography around at the time rather mm. than colour as well. So, I, mm-hmm. you know, where were you managing to find reference things for this? That's a great question. Well, a couple things. One, we did hire a researcher because... So much. You're right. There were photographs, but there wasn't like street photography the way there is now, for example. Mm. So so she helped us access archives that we didn't otherwise have access to. Like we got to access Condé Nast archives, but she also helped us look for information in the written word, because really a lot of fashion at that time was written about. You would you know, you would write about why you would wear this hat when or how this hat would look good with this kind of face. So a lot of the nuances or like about, you know, how many pieces of jewelry you would wear or when you would wear gloves or when you would take them off or it kind of like details like that that felt so important to recreating life in the 1940s. So that was one place we got a lot of help, specifically with the black and white photos. Also, Vresa, who is our researcher, would, and, and a fashion historian in her own right, and she teaches at FITM, she's really fantastic. <laughs> she would cross-reference, again, with written resources. So I remember there was a big article from the Philadelphia Times that talked really specifically about the color of Hattie McDaniel's dress at the 1940 Oscars because there were only black and white photos. And then she took that information and cross-referenced it with names of colors in the 1940s. And that's how we kind of figured out what the color was. And that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned one of the characters there who was real life person. And obviously there's a fictionalized version in this because you've altered the history. Um, But were you looking to try and, for those real life characters, work to what you did know of their style and their look and what they had worn? I think that when we were recreating actual scenes, for example, the Hattie McDaniel 1940s scene, it became very important, you know, to us. And this was a directive from Ryan, of course, that we recreate as exactly as possible. And then if it wasn't an exact recreation, yes, we looked at their style we looked at what these characters would have worn and imagined what would be in their closet right yeah that must have been a fascinating process to go through as well yes it really was cool and you've got people in there like rock hudson as well but it's a much earlier version of rock hudson that's right and there weren't that many photographs of him so lou and i kind of had to say okay here's where he ended up 
you know, in the late 40s, early 50s, when he became famous, here's where he started out, you know, driving a truck in the Midwest. Where do we think he was in between? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you're also designing costumes for it's almost a show within a show. Whenever you're doing something like this, you're designing for the film as well as mm-hmm. the series that you're creating. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a difference in the way that you approach the costumes which are going to be used on the fictional film Meg? Hmm. That's a good question. Wait, yes. Let me just think about Yeah, okay, go, Lou. <laughs> no, I'll answer that one for her. Uh, for the ones who are on camera, definitely. So like Camille, well, she was a budding starlet, which is what she also is in real life, but the, and the color palette didn't change that much, but it's more about she was playing the part of an actor playing a part. So yeah. Camille then, she dressed a little more like a movie star as opposed to how we had her regular like we had her like little knit sweater sweaters over a little floral blouse and a you know much more plain but, mm. but colorful um in our regular storyline and then in the movie so like when she's climbing the hollywood sign is uh sarah designed and made an ensemble that was like dark kind of um pumpkin coral would you call that um, yeah and very very styled and more of a movie star glamour look than Camille would really wear in her everyday look where she right. was still yeah. meek a, a, as far as like being a black woman in this white world on a movie yeah. studio um, right. where she knows she stands out. She's just being, she's more of that plain Jane. Whereas yeah. in the movie Meg, she's the starlet. Yes. Yeah. 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 Does that, that make sense. sense at all? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. One of the other things which features quite a lot in the series is the gas station where, of course, you've got everybody wearing the uniform. Where did the inspiration for that uniform come from? That was a really fun project. And I feel like it was something that Lou and Ryan and I really got to like dig down collaborating on. You know, I, I think... First, we looked, we really looked to actual pictures of what guys were wearing when they were, you know, pumping gas in the gas station. And then we sort of had to consider our gas station and what these uniforms needed to do, including making our guys look really like sexy. But but yeah. but you had to buy that they were pumping gas in this upscale gas station. And it was something we really had to work at because we really wanted workwear fabrics with sexy cuts. But these pants were high waisted and that it's really hard to convince like a modern man that a high-waisted pant is a sexy cut. And then how did we, you know, one of the things that I felt like was the most interesting for, for me was really working with Lou on how to make these fabrics look and feel like fabrics from the forties, hang like fabrics from the forties, because modern fabrics are very different, especially when you're talking about work where you're getting involved with like polyesters and technical fabrics that might not have existed in the forties and they hang and they shine differently. So like, while you may not have thought that we would have to redo or go through so many different options for the shirt fabric, we actually did. And we would try this and then we'd see if a silicone wash worked. And then if we did a stone wash, would that like give it the perfect worn in feel and how slim cut were we going to make it? So they were really a labor of love, I think. And (laughs) we ended up customizing everything besides the shoes, including the belt buckles and the tie chains. And it was a very like Ryan Murphy experience because we had tons of fittings and at each turn we'd sort of say okay here's what we're thinking and he would say okay I like this tweak this and 
And I remember one of the last things we were figuring out the hats. Was it going to be an eight point hat? Was it going to be an envelope cap? And he was like, I like that envelope cap. And I think it should be a golden khaki. And in my head, I was like, huh? Wow. And, you know, we, we went through all these different golden khakis and we, we found the right shade. But when I saw them first in the gas station, the golden khaki worked so well with the color, like the yellow accents of the gas station colors. It was just really perfect. And I feel like that's where you can really count on Ryan helping you like push a costume all the way where it needs to go. You know, he really like has a sense of the big picture. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. The only thing I would add to that is the way we landed on the white as well is you have to imagine these boys, these young men are greeting movie stars and millionaires and very well-off people. So they need to look, you know, they can't have dirty fingernails and their clothes can't be dirty or shabby. So they need to be that squeaky, clean, white, handsome boy that that, that can represent or that can be presentational there yeah yeah that makes sense you have got a couple of different areas when it comes to the the costumes because you've got things like i mean as as well as the stuff that's from the film and the characters in the film you've then also got the kind of power players behind the studio as well as all the upcoming stars and the people trying to get into the movies and that sort of thing can you just talk a little bit about the differences between sort of dressing those the the sort of higher up executive people and the upcoming stars well i feel like lou kind of hit on it when she was when she or started that bit of it when she was talking about camille i think that for the wealthy we called them the haves like we would sort of refer to two populations the haves and the have-nots and for the wealthy we wanted to make it very luxe keep the fabrics luxe keep the cuts very fashion forward you know like with the big shoulders extreme Mm -hmm. you know very beautiful tailoring and do more color blocking. And maybe with the guys, I mean, there was use of pattern in the 40s in the suiting. So just for example, with Ace Amberg, we did pinstripes. And with Henry Wilson, we would do a little bit of like stripe and fillard in his tie, but very, very sophisticated. With the have-nots or like the aspiring actor, directors, writer, we would do a bit more funk. Like I feel like we felt like these people would just be, they would be style makers, but they would kind of be like your street style makers. You know, they would create trends. So with Camille, we looked a little bit more to, let's say, more of a not-so-fashion-forward silhouette, a vintage silhouette, but she looked amazing. Like we always imagined her as like the Catherine Hepburn of her time time or like, mm. you know, the effortless French girl of her time, let's say. So we would do like a little bit more A-line on her with a little sweater. We do pattern on pattern. And we also figured, you know, this would be a girl that would maybe vintage shop. So we did some more like knit dresses or knit separates from maybe what would have been the late 30s. But she looked amazing in them. <laughs> and and I think a similar thing to Archie, you know, for Archie, we really looked a lot to like the jazz stars of the day, the jazz scene, like Miles yeah. Davis and guys that would hang out on 54th street in New York. And they really did create their own style. So same for him. We would do some pattern on pattern and texture on texture, maybe a little bit more, you know, pieces that were a little bit edgier and 
Jeremy Pope. I mean, everybody was amazing to dress, but mm. Jeremy Pope would just like walk into these clothes and just bring them alive. Everything you put on him, he looked good in. So I don't even know how much <laughs> credit we can take for that. Um, but yeah, I think that for, you know, let's say for our have nots, it was a bit more textured, a bit more found items. We would repeat items from their closets as well. And for the haves, it was more luxurious, more fashion forward cuts. And we would not really repeat items. Yeah. Did you actually manage to use any genuine vintage stuff in this or was it all made for the show? We did a lot of vintage and we, like any 40s is still out there. It's not in great shape. So it was limited, but we definitely used a lot. And we searched all over the country and world to to bring in pieces because at the time we were prepping and shooting, there were four to five other shows in about the same time period. Uh, right. So we were all vying for the same stock. But we were able to get beautiful things from vintage vendors across the globe. But I, I would say we probably... I think we figured like for the younger crowd, we were able to use maybe 60% and make 40%. But then for Patty and Holland and Jim, most of their stuff was custom made. Right. Yeah. yeah. And some of the men were just very tall. So you just couldn't find suits, especially the arm lengths. You just can't find 40 suiting out there that can fit, that that hasn't been altered a million times or has moth right. in it. Yeah. Or, or the men who work out like they, they have biceps and thighs that didn't <laughs> exist in the 40s. So yeah. so we did end up making quite a bit for the men. Right, I think, yeah. If I could add to, I was just going to say, I think also like one great asset about working with Lou is that she has been compiling these, you know, vintage vendors that are not something that just like everyone would know for a long time. And so you get to have access to that resource, which I think is part of the reason why, you know, we did get to use some original 40s in places where it would work. Yeah, it's great to have access to a resource like that, even if yes. just for reference, I guess, even if you can't Definitely. necessarily use everything. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You also got to um, create your own Oscars for this <laughs> as well. That must have been a fairly daunting prospect to start off with. And then I heard Ryan had a change of mind about what you wanted it to look like at the last minute. It was slightly daunting. <laughs> I, I also want to clear the record because we a lot of people have said that. Sarah and I know it's not that he changed his mind. It's like we were steaming ahead on it. So right. Okay. Team, I was working with Ryan on the prom and Ryan turned to me and said, hey, wouldn't it be great if it was like this great frothy pastel look so it right. was not necessarily he changed his mind it was more like hey let's he came let's up with that yeah. 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 yeah 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 and I mean I gotta say like you know having experienced Ryan Murphy I definitely trust these moments I mean when I yeah. when when Lou told me that I was like absolutely it has to be that like that is the best idea we're going to have to make that happen and then and then I was like and how <laughs> and then Lou gave me a pep talk and we got going. And I, you know, like I will say it was top to bottom. That episode was probably one of the most meaningful experiences of my career. It was like an amazing idea that I deeply believed in and knew was going to look amazing. And I really felt like it was a moment where Lou and I and our whole team came together to create real beauty. And in the end, I do think that episode, that pastel palette was just an incredible way to end 
behind that show. Yeah. And I will so, add there that after 20 years with Ryan Murphy, I've learned not to question his vision because <laughs> it's always thought on. Like every time he comes up with something, I cock my head like, what? And then it ends up being brilliant. So I don't know. <laughs> it's totally yeah, true. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, just look at the list of shows that that man has created. And I, I, yeah, you know, if he says do something one way, I'd be like, yeah, that that's got to be right. So, yep. you know. Yeah. So last few questions for you. First of all, can you say what you're working on at the moment? I'm working on a movie called Bullet Train. Right. And I'm working on helping all of Ryan's other shows. The costume department's getting started up in this time of COVID. It's a little bit slow. Right. Uh, moving slowly to make sure everybody's safe. But American Crime Story starting back up. 911, Lone Star Pose. Still waiting to hear about American Horror Story. So they're all just, you know, the, the engines are revving but we haven't yes. been given the go flag yet. Right, okay, yeah. I have to say, I, I forget that he's involved in 911 and I adore that show as well, so... Come on, right? Oh my God. Yeah, we are about to have Lone Star air over here as well, <laughs> um, which has taken a while to land here, but Lone Star's about to start up over here as well next month, early next month, so so I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, um, great. Must be phenomenal working on, on this stuff. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm a lucky lady. <laughs> <laughs> so last couple of questions for you the first question is what tv shows are you watching at the moment lou first well it, i stopped watching it because it ended but i could not get enough of succession probably yes. my favorite tv show that's never hugely watched. popular yes yeah i uh, really enjoyed that you know what's so fun something i've never watched in over all the many seasons and i've just watched my first three episodes is outlander and i'm oh, oh, i've yeah. never seen it and i'm really enjoying yeah. it yeah it's a fabulous show yeah Fabulous show. And I love Unorthodox as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Likewise. I loved Miss America too. Mrs. America. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That aired over here. So what, what about you, Sarah? What, what else? Well, I feel like right now I'm actually doing a lot of research for this project. So I'm watching like a lot of Yakuza movies, but there are, there are some like amazing, really gorgeous Yakuza movies from the 60s, like Tokyo Drifter. So I've really been enjoying that. And I've been like re-watching a lot of Wong Kar Wai. So yeah, that's I'm kind of like trying to make it through every single Yakuza movie like that there is. <laughs> <laughs> wow, awesome. Um, last question. If you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, can be something from the past, something from the present, or some sort of future genre that maybe you haven't had a chance Ooh. to try yet, what would it be? Uh, go to Lou again first. Oh my God. I have no desire to do a futuristic show. No. Right. Um, mostly just because then, like, you know, years later, they tend to just look so cheeky. Um, yeah. When you revisit, they're like, it's so funny to see what people thought the future would be. I would love to do, I, I, you probably didn't get it over there, but when I was in high school, the Mod Squad with Peggy Lipton was the bomb. And I'd love to see some cool, stylized, early 70s show like that. Right, yeah. Yeah, maybe you need to need to nudge Ryan see if you can get him to do a 70s yes, one. Exactly. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? Well, I want to work on anything with Lou, for one. <laughs> and I also feel like things I would have really loved to work on, that movie Russian Arc, I would love to work on a movie like that. Right. Um, season one of True Detective. 
have also obsessed. Yes. Um, I would have really liked to do My Fair Lady. I it's before I was born, but maybe I would like transport back into time. <laughs> yeah. So, I love so that about scene at the at the racetrack. Right, all yeah. in like the big hats. Yeah. Yes. You have to find a series that's that's sort of set in that time period. That yes, would be good. like Edwardian. Yes, that would be yeah. amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm going to let you both go and uh, get back to your day, but thank you so much for spending thank time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank it's you. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Have a great time. I look forward to seeing more of Ryan's work and your work. And uh, yeah, and I, I adored the series. So uh, oh, yes, great. good, good luck so at the much. Emmys as well. Thank you. Thank All right, you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.